That's not fair. That's not fair at all. There was time now. There was, was all the time I needed. Hello, everybody. It's that time once again. See what I did there? Uh, welcome back to the ROI Podcast, presented by the Kelly School of Business on the IUPUI campus. I'm Shane Simmons, and sitting beside me is Phil Powell, Associate Dean of Academic Programs here at the Kelly School. Phil, you ready to do this today? Shane, it's indeed time. I hear we're talking a lot about time today. It's a, a lot of time and a lot of ways you can use your time to your advantage. And you probably might have, I mean, you probably picked that up from the Twilight Zone opening that we had today. Uh, but when you know how to manage your time, you can really accomplish a lot of things personally and professionally in your life. Uh, now get this, Phil, this is some interesting information here. According to research that was put out by salary.com, the average office worker admits to wasting 1.7 hours per day. That's a lot of time and a lot of revenue when you add that up. I mean, Shane, that's 20 to 25% of a workday. Well, we've got a treat for all of our listeners today because our guest has studied time management extensively and you're going to get a ton of value in this episode that could ultimately change your life and the way you look at time. What galvanized my interest in time management is precisely what you said. We all have the exact same amount of time. So when you meet people who are doing amazing things professionally and yet who also seem to have great personal lives too, I mean, they're not making those harsh trade-offs everyone thinks are required to succeed. It's not because they have any more time than the rest of us. Meet Laura Vanderkamp, the author of several time management and productivity books, including I Know How She Does It, What the Most Successful People Do Before Breakfast, and 168 Hours. Her work has appeared in publications including Fast Company, Fortune, USA Today, and The Wall Street Journal. And she's also been featured as a TED Talk speaker. Uh, I do think we have more control over our time than many of us think, but what, what happens is that life does not always go as planned. Um, and, and so what people get frustrated by is like, but I allocated 15 minutes to this thing and then lo and behold, it took 30 and now the rest of my day has gone off the rails or um, something came up. Imagine that stuff comes up in life. Who would have thought? Uh, so I think it's more about saying, well, these are the small number of really important things I want to get to this week. I think about weeks, which is 168 hours, 24 times seven. And here's roughly when I think those things can go. And here is all the open space I leave in other periods of time to deal with all that stuff that comes up um, and when things go longer than planned. So Laura suggests breaking your time down into weeks. This way you can take a more holistic view of your calendar and organize it in a way where you make time for those last minute things that may come up or even those distractions you know you'll have, like checking Facebook or Twitter or somebody walking into your office and having a great conversation. And we all do those things. I mean, let's, let's be honest. And I think that's a great idea as she mentions because it's okay to have distractions. It's normal. But you have to work that into your time so you can ensure you're not going over the you know, allotted time that you may have gave yourself. 
But I'm interested in hearing about a super successful person who does this. Does, does she have some sort of example? Yeah. And Laura shared one story that stood out to me in particular, Shane. I recently interviewed a, a man I'm writing about in one of my next books um, who has a, a really high up position in his company and he's managing teams across like, you know, multiple countries. And when I tried to interview him, I was, you know, assuming I'd be given like a 15 minute window someday, three weeks from now that he happened to be free. And he was basically like, oh no, the rest of my week is free. Wherever you want to talk would be great. I'm like, how on earth did that happen? <laughs> and he was basically said, you know, I, I don't like scheduling a whole lot of formal meetings. Um, what I do is I have people who work for me who are very, very good at what they do. They know they can always run something by me, but I set very clear objectives and they know that they need to meet that and they will ask me if they have any questions. They can call me at any time. We don't have to set a formal meeting. It's just that they're welcome to you know, call me whenever they need something. Um, we don't have a, lot, a whole lot of meetings because that's not an efficient way to get stuff done where you can just quick huddle with somebody instead of scheduling a formal meeting two days hence. And you know, he was okay with all these drop-ins because he was managing teams across all these different places. So we spent a lot of time on planes and he used his time on planes to do all that long focused work that people you know, get distracted from in the office when people are coming to see them. One thing Laura says these great time managers have in common is that they know what tasks are the most important. And that leads us to our first tip of the day to get you on track, and that's conducting a time audit. The first thing I would tell anyone who's interested in time management to try doing is to try tracking your time for a week, um, just to see where, you, where the time really goes. It's not about playing gotcha. I don't care that you spent two hours on Facebook looking at photos of people you didn't like in high school anyway. Like, it's okay, right? It's okay if we waste time on various stuff, because we all waste time. It's just about saying roughly, well, where does the time go? Am I happy with that? Do I like that? If so, awesome. If you're not happy with particular aspects of it, then well, what could I change? Um, where is the open space? Um, where is time spent on things that I don't think are really the best use of my time? And maybe how could I redeploy that? I use a spreadsheet to track my time. Um, it's just Excel, nothing fancy. It's got half hour blocks along the left side and the days of the week across the top. And so it's 336 cells to represent 168 hours. And I just fill it in as I go. You know, I wake up, I write what time I wake up. Uh, a couple times during the day, I write what I've done since the last time I checked it in. And it doesn't have to be perfect. I can just say stuff like work or hang out with kids or, you know, drive somewhere or eat dinner or whatever it is. Phil, you and I you know, kind of briefly chat about Laura's second tip, which I thought was really interesting, and that involves your email. And how you can take your life back when it comes to email, because you can get a lot of emails in a day and get really tied down with it. Email expands to fill the available space. And so the only way to spend less time on email is to choose to spend less time on email. There is no one hack that is going to make your inbox be under control. It is absolutely a decision you must make of how much time I am willing to allocate to this. So as much as possible, designate a few times through the day to check email. Um, even if you have to check very frequently, you're better off checking, say, 
for 15 minutes once an hour, as opposed to checking constantly on and off through the day. Um, so 45 minutes off and then 15 minutes on would be a way you could do it. If you can go longer, that's great. If you could be off for 90 minutes, you can be off for two hours, awesome. Laura says all of this information can help you do two things. First, do more of the things you want to do in your life. And two, this will help you in a career breakthrough. Laura gives some insight on what that takes. When we want to achieve a career breakthrough, clearly you're going to have to work hard. Um, that's just the reality of it. However, you probably do not have to work around the clock. There are ways you can be strategic about it uh, in order to get to the next level. I mean, first you have to be very clear about what the next level looks like. Um, you have to know what other people have done to get there, so you have a pretty good sense of what steps it will take. Uh, then you need to think, figure out how you can take those steps in your life. If there are people who need to be cheering for you, you know, you have to meet with them, get on their good side. If there are specific um, deliverable actions you need to do, I mean, things you need to show you've done, how can you make sure you've shown you've done those? Um, so those are all things you can do, letting people know about your accomplishments. But if you actually plan your work weeks and think through what are the important things I need to be doing to get this stuff done, it won't take you 100 hours a week. I'm, I'm pretty sure that you can get to the next level working 40 to 50 hours a week if they're done smart. Um, so it's really about making sure you're not wasting time on stuff that doesn't matter. It's about making sure that you have planned your weeks in order to find space for your professional priorities. Well, to everybody listening out there, this stuff can really change your productivity levels, your happiness, and ultimately the life that you live. So to recap, Laura says, conduct a time audit, see how you're spending your time and where the gaps are, spend less time checking email, develop a system to where maybe you only check a few times every three hours. You know, that's something that you can work out yourself. And then finally, break your big goals down into daily tasks. That way you can start accomplishing a little bit every day. That way you're working up to that final goal that you're wanting to achieve. You know, Shane, these simple tips will allow our listeners to take command of their day. And when you are able to take command of your day, you feel more on top of things and you're just happier overall. Well, with that, we are going to wrap up this episode of the ROI podcast. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. And we definitely want to thank Laura Vanderkam for taking some time to chat with us today. What a valuable uh, insight that we really gained here on this episode. And of course, you can find her at her website, lauravandercam.com. Vandercam spelled V-A-N-D-E-R-K-A-M.com. And definitely check out some of her books. Don't forget, you can stream or download the ROI podcast on iTunes, Google, or wherever you get your podcast. And leave us that review on iTunes. That way we know how we're doing and so we can provide the best content for our listeners. We'll see you all next week. <laughs>